0: I'm rejecting stuff from my childhood and stuff that I learned It's religion more forcefully now than at any point in my life. You'll have people go to synagogue, pray to God, and then when you talk to them about the concept of energies existing, they'll laugh at you trying to give God a good name again. There's a cognitive dissonance in your life. You are religious, but not spiritual. You do not believe one thing more than the material world that you can touch. Right? It's a crazy thing that someone can stand up and say, I speak for God, right? And then do all sorts of horrible things. And then we'll say, oh, God God is terrible. It's crazy that the human mind does that, but we do it with religion. Welcome to the In Search of More podcast. I am your host, Ellie Nash. Join me weekly on my quest for more, more from myself and more from this world. We'll see you on the other side. All right, all right, all right. I'm sitting here with Tyler. What's Just up, Tyler? So that's, uh, that's exciting, man. Yeah. So Tyler is stepping out from behind the cameras. Tyler, since December, November, December? Has December been the man, 2nd. Yeah. December 2nd has been the man behind um, the In Search of More podcast. Yeah,
1: along with, along with Ryan. I'm, uh, I'm helping him out. He's helping me out. We're trying to get this thing as big as we can. And it's, it's yielding some interesting results, you know? What do you, uh, what do you see so far? I guess nothing I didn't expect, right? Like I, uh, you and I spoke early December um, and I had watched a few episodes. This is when you just started doing video and I watched uh, the long form you did with Ryan and uh, Joey Cohen and like right away was absolutely struck at what this was and the potential it had. And it's so interesting to now see it play out, right? And, like you're seeing... You know, I, I help with the WhatsApp status and seeing the WhatsApp messages come in, and the people that are messaging on Instagram and Twitter and all across the board, and and the clips that are being played, like just the whole thing actually start to take fruition, and the messages we're rec- receiving and, and the impact it's having is is unreal. And like we're what six months in? I know you had been doing audio for a while, but yeah, we just started video like a month
0: before you joined.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we're like maybe seven months in, and the the impact has been right away. It's unreal.
0: Got you. So you kind of come from this space a little bit. I mean, you've seen other uh, other podcasts.
1: Yeah. Basically. So, <clears throat> um, January, I started with a company called Valutainment. Patrick, Bed, David, who you mm-hmm. sat down with. Um, I started with Patrick, uh, June fifth of twenty twenty one. Funnily enough, I've been working at a golf course. Um, you know, doing some oddball jobs. I've always done jobs that I enjoyed which was nice for a long time. But, the, you know, it wasn't very fulfilling. And one day I said I wanted to go into media because I had started to really pay attention to politics. And um, I listened to Pat interview Jordan Peterson. And I had saw on LinkedIn, they'd been looking for people for a while. And I listened to Pat interview Jordan Peterson. And I, I took a half day at work, went, uh, applied for value attainment, uh, went and met the HR guy, had the job the next day. And I was brought in for like whatever. Like they didn't know where they were gonna put me. They just said, We like you, we want you to come in. And uh, you know, six months goes by. Long story short, um, I opened my big mouth in front of Pat and he, you know, he took a liking to me and I ended up running the YouTube network for him. Um, you know, and he has they have seven channels. They have a man channel and their podcast channel and da da da, da. and I helped develop a few a few podcasts and watch a few really take off. Um, you know, and I so I, I had always been in content, if you will. Um and, you know, I had watched your interview with Pat and I really liked it and uh, I, I had been looking for something else. And Harry, you know, who, you yeah. know, who's actually my father-in-law, even known for a long time, goes, Ellie is starting a podcast and he's looking mm-hmm. for somebody to help him. And I watched, like I say, I watched two or three episodes and I was like, this is, this is unreal because you come in very much so without an agenda, right? And you're like very interested in where things go and you're actually genuinely curious, which is one of the things that makes like Joe Rogan so popular, right? is his curiosity. He genuinely wants to know things and to watch you come in and be genuinely so curious with people. And then your background, right? Like you just talked about it with, uh, with Christian. <clears throat> you went through certain things in life <clears throat> that set you up to move things forward and change things in your world and therefore change them in other people's worlds, right? Like you have a very, not to go to Liam Neeson here, but you have a very specific skill set In the healing and helping people and overcoming trauma and addiction. And I think, um, you know, right away, like the first, like I say, I watched the first two episodes and just right away knew exactly the potential of this place and what this has and what it can do for people and what it has done for people.
0: Where do you see it? Where do you see it going? Because in a lot of ways, you know, I don't, um, one of the ways that I've tried to stay kind of um, like real with the podcast is not to, not to force too much, like kind of let what happens happens. Right. Because I saw the dangers very quickly, especially after we went to video of how the ego can wrap yourself all up in this right. stuff and the number of views and the type of guests. Right. And, you know, which, if something is picked up, how it's picked up. Right. You know, what people say about it, all of those. And I just said, you know what, I'm I'm going to come along for the ride a little bit in the sense that I'll sit down and have a conversation and be fully engaged there. But I don't I don't treat it like I would a business. Right. In the sense that I'm trying to, okay, here's something I'm seeing, and I'm trying to drive it there because I recognize the possibilities of too much going, going wrong, and I want to keep this whole and pure and well, and that's part of decorative. the beauty of it, right? So I'm kind of on your train more than you're on my train. It's like, <laughs> hey, let's do this, let's do that. I'm like, okay, I'm game. Yeah. That's um that's part of the beauty of it.
1: You know, I remember you were speaking to to Rabbi Chase right after we started and you uh, said i've got this guy Tyler now and he's feeding me numbers He's showing me how many <laughs> clips we're getting how many <laughs> listens we're getting blah blah, blah 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 it was um the episode uh, about the pharaoh and the ego
0: oh right the one where we learned uh, a yeah. Hasidic uh, concept yeah. together yeah. yeah
1: and um and you said it's really hard to step back and but that's part of the uh-huh. beauty of this right is that yeah we are along for the ride like it's it's like you say you know, one of the things you, you talked to me when we first spoke was, um, you know, right now I'm talking about porn addiction because that's where I'm at. But in six months, I could be talking about lifting weights because that's where I'm at. Right. And that's part of the beauty of it is we're taking people along. Like, you know, sure. I have visions for this could go. And, you know, like we've, we've spoken about live events, you know, and having people come out and retreats and, uh, you know, different, it's so funny. Like we, we could have a network of healers that people can come to like people like Mayor Kay or, or Christian or faith niece or whoever it may be. Um, but you know, this is, you're starting to see the convergence of two worlds, right? You're starting to see the convergence of the Orthodox community. And I know you always rag on me because there's, as you would say, there's no such thing as a community, which I agree. What do you mean? Well, well, like it's, it's, yeah.
0: Um, right. It's not monolith. It's not like the Orthodox community because there's so many pockets within correct the Orthodox community. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then you see, you know,
1: like we just had Matthew Johnson on. Right. Who has nothing to do with Judaism. Right. But you're seeing the convergence of this and what's starting to take place. And behind the scenes, you're seeing people do things that they may not have done before. Right. And they're t- and they're trying new things and taking new paths and looking at things from a different perspective. And it's like you say all the time, you know, you you're more in touch with your spirituality than you've ever been, but you're not from Judaism where you first saw it. You've never been further away, right? Like you're, you're coming back to Judaism on your terms, right? And, right. and your understanding,
0: right? I'm rejecting stuff from my childhood and stuff that I learned. It's religion more forcefully now than at any point in my life. Right. But I'm um, closer to Judaism than at any point in my adult
1: life. Right. And one of the things that's, I shouldn't say always, uh, for goodness, five or six years now has has struck out to me. And this is, I, I think I may have taken this from Jordan Peterson, but um, uh, the name Israel means to, to to wrestle with God, right? And they often say Jews are God's chosen people and do with that what you what you will, right? But I think that idea is so profound. Why are they God's chosen people? Is it because they wrestle with God? is it because they, they're not blindly obedient, right? If like, as you say so often, there's a big difference between spirituality and religion, right? You can have somebody who's religious and goes to church on Sunday and then goes home and beats his wife Sunday afternoon. Right. And has no connection with God and spirituality. And I think there's something so beautiful in the idea that the Christian was just saying, you know, he's rejected his Catholicism, but he's never been closer with God.
0: Right. You're referring to the episode with Christian De La Huerta, which we... Correct. I don't know what'll come out in relation to this, but we just recorded it a few moments correct, ago. Correct. Correct.
1: And there's been a few people that have said that, and they're, they're finding religion and spirituality on their own terms, and which I think is, is something that's lacking today.
0: Yeah. What I would say about the spirituality point, it's not that you'll find people who go to synagogue and then beat their wife, right? I'm talking about you'll have people go to synagogue, pray to God... And then when you talk to them about the concept of energies existing, they'll laugh at you. Right. I I was once with someone who we were waiting in a waiting room to give a 35-year-old... There was a 35-year-old man who didn't have a circumcision as a child, and he decided that he wants to. Mm -hmm. And somehow I got... Roped into this, I don't know how. I wasn't doing the circumcision or anything like that. But somehow I got roped into this, right? In the sense that it's an um, honor of sorts to be um, a sandak. A sandak is the person who holds the person when they're getting a circumcision. So in this case, due to financial sponsorship, I was given the honor not of holding him because he was an adult man, but of standing behind a curtain and I think holding his head. Right. Okay. So the reason I'm setting that up is because a few of us were sitting in the waiting room of this. It was not done in a hospital. Oftentimes for a child, it's done in a synagogue. But for this, because it was uh, an adult, so a little more complex. In Search More podcast has a sponsor. Officially, OKClarity.com is the place for anyone in the Jewish community, whether you're from, not from, religious, not religious, all that's cool, to find a therapist, a psychiatrist, coach, nutritionist, anyone in the wellness space. So this ad is both for those people looking for any of the above. Find the right one. You can go on their website, scroll through their choices. If you don't find someone, they have a concierge service, reach out to them, describe the issue, and they will help you. I've recommended many people their platform and have only heard good things. If you're a wellness professional, I also recommend joining the directory. They will get you business if you're good at what you do. Okay, Clarity also has an amazing WhatsApp status. Check them out there. We'll post a link, our website, WhatsApp, in our emails, and wherever you're watching this in the show notes, check them out and let them know the In Search More podcast sent you. More things that can go wrong. So it's done as a surgery. And in a, it's always a surgery, but it's done in a hospital setting. So we're in the waiting room and a few of us sitting there. And one of the gentlemen who was involved in the circumcision process mentioned something about organic food. And then a conversation ensued amongst the few of us there about organic food. And one of them is like, oh, so ridiculous, this stuff. And just started making fun of healthy food and organic food as if there's a difference. And I'm like, you're sitting there limiting so many foods from your diet. All these things, kosher, or not kosher. What is kosher, and not kosher? Right. If you're not going to believe in energies, if you're not going to believe in something spiritual, what is kosher or not kosher? Like, how can you adopt this worldview that you're gonna limit certain things and not others? But somehow, when it comes to organic, it's completely crazy what are people doing and they're spending more money on a banana that they didn't spray pesticides on? I'm like, dude, do you see what we're doing? We're in a waiting room to (laughs) circumcise an adult man because someone believes that God instructed this to Abraham thousands of years ago, and you can't wrap your head around that there's a difference between different kind of foods. There's a cognitive dissonance in your life. You are religious but not spiritual. You do not believe one thing more than the material world which you can touch. That's what I'm talking about
1: well and what's so interesting too is that obviously it's no secret that we're suffering a mental health crisis the likes of which have never been seen before right and uh i think it was and it's i could be wrong but i think it was nietzsche who uh, discussed the death of god god is dead we have killed him and there will never be enough water to wash away the blood right and there's a lot of nihilism in the world today and i think Part of that too is so many people have tied religion to spirituality, meaning they see the uh, abominations that the church has committed, or they look at the religious wars or the spiritual wars, or you know, people like um, the, the the mega church pastors, right, who have hundreds of millions of dollars to their name, and cars and Ferraris and all the ills with religion, and they throw the baby out with the bathwater,
0: right? right? This is even right. right when you it's the baby is. Is God in this Correct. Case. I mean, throwing Correct. God out. Correct. Right. It's a crazy thing that someone can stand up and say, "I speak for God." Right. Right. And then do all sorts of horrible things, and then right. we'll say, "Oh God, right. God is terrible." It's crazy that the human mind does that, but we do right. it with religion. Yeah. Right. And then all these people,
1: these these people who are so nihilistic and so lost and need something, they see the ills of religion, and they they can't. They're so turned off by religion that they're turned off by the idea of God, right? And whatever that may mean, it's as. Rabbi Chase's uh, Chase Tab's book, God of Our Understanding. It is the God of Your Understanding. It's somewhere, whatever God it may be, Yahweh, right. Buddha, nature, whatever it may be, everybody needs that, right? Everybody needs the spirituality, or else you become nihilistic and lost, and we're all just you know, massive cells floating in the universe. And I think that's one of the things we're doing here is this we're bringing back the spirituality, right? You're bringing back the spirituality, you're bringing back the idea that that yes you have religion but there's there's so many more there's so much more beyond the laws and the obedience and and just doing things just to do them right so i think that's that's one of the most powerful aspects of what you're doing here is you're is you're getting people back in touch with their spirituality
0: huh i'm trying to give god a good name again <laughs> it's a funny <laughs> thing isn't it it's a funny thing right it? i didn't think of that but it's it's Listen, you've, you've watched 100% of the episodes, possibly right. on double speed. Right, right, right. right. So I've watched,
1: watched every, every episode in recording, watched it again for time codes, and then I watched it again for QC. So I've watched every episode three times. Three times,
0: right. Yeah. <laughs> and oftentimes you've been there live for it as well. Correct. So you've seen it four times. Correct. Okay, so your impression of what this is is obviously valuable. <laughs> and Right, your impression is we're giving God a good name. I hope so. I hope that we're, uh, we're, we're giving God a better name. You know, one of the, I don't know if it's in the Ten Commandments or it's instructed, maybe in the Ten Commandments, the way it's worded, but about desecrating God's name. And when we were kids, they would always say when we're going outside of the community, like if we're leaving the little ghetto we were in, is like, be really careful about, and they would use Hebrew terms for it, either kiddush Hashem, which means sanctifying God's name, or Chil Hashem, which means desecrating God's name. Be really careful about sanctifying His name and desecrating His name. And what I've come to realize is that we've twisted this all up. When we walk outside, the cubox outside of the community, and we walk into a grocery store and we interact with someone who's not from that community, we may or may not have an impression on their worldview. But when there's a child inside the community who's raised there from birth until he's you know, 20-something years old... He's, you know, in the schooling that's designated, our schooling kind of goes, let's say, until 21 years old. And then very immediately thereafter, they're trying to get us married. So who is more likely to be affected by a desecration or a second sanctification of God's name? The grocery store, the grocer we met, you know, one time when we wandered outside of the ghetto. Right. Right. Or... The kid who's in the school system for 20 years and how many of them have been left with, unfortunately, myself included, and many others, how many have been left with, literally, a desecration of God's name. And many, listen, there are many who have there and flourishing and doing well, and some of the teachers which we've had here, which, you know, I have tremendous respect and admiration for their work and what they're doing, Rabbi Chase Taub, Iwayo Jacobson, and others which have experienced, are experiencing, and are delivering a sanctification of of God's name, certainly not taking away from, from any of that. And those who've done well within that world, God has likely been sanctified for them during their childhood. But there are many, like me and others, who it was desecrated. And our healing process has been to strip apart God from the religion that we were taught, right. say, okay, this really did not feel right. I'm not going to try to make it feel right. I'm going to put it where it belongs, and I'm going to embrace God. And then within that is finding that hey some of those teachings that we were taught while they may have been distorted and twisted in ways that were unhelpful and used by humans for human things they actually had some really good stuff within it and now I can reincorporate it back to this new path right. but it's god first then religion right not and religion right. to support that quest not the other way around right
1: right and it's <clears throat> it's like you always say <laughs> If, if God is all powerful, you can't, you think he can't tolerate or cope with or handle the fact that you've left behind the religious aspects or taken those out of your life, but you still respect him and honor him. You think like, it's not one and the same, right? Like it, it, as you very well put just a second ago. It's God first and then religion. Right. And you can incorporate those because you came to understand them for themselves, which I think is something that people <clears throat> that you're doing that, that we need as a society so desperately. Right. is for people to separate God from religion, because religion is has in a lot of ways destroyed the idea of God or not. Not I shouldn't say the idea, it,
0: They've turned people off from yes. the idea of God. They've they've destroyed right. it for many people. In the eyes of right. many people, they've they've destroyed right. it. Right. And like I, I grew They up... hear the word God and it's like a traumatic response through the body right. because they associate it right. with Right. And I <clears throat> I grew up
1: in uh, in San Antonio, Texas, and right down the street, like literally five minutes from where I lived. Uh, was Pastor John Heggie, I believe was his name. And he had one of these massive mega churches, right? That sat five, 6,000 people. I mean, it was a massive lot, probably two, three acre lot. He had the giant TV towers and all this stuff, right? And it's like you could not get further away from the idea of what God is, right? And what he had turned it into. And that just now you get people who are so lost that they turn to crystals or like whatever it is, right? Like it's, it's, people are so desperately searching for something. I think it has to be incumbent on religion to, to reform or reshape itself into a way that is more accepting and more open for people and can bring more people in. As um, Rabbi Daniel Bortz said, he said, we have to meet people where they're at, Right. right? Like when he spoke about going out to Burning Man to meet people where they're at right? People are so lost right now. They're desperately searching for this. Desperately. That's why you had uh, Jordan Peterson getting millions and millions of views on an hour-long video about the first line of the Bible, right? Or his, his whole entire series on Exodus gets tens of millions of views, right? Or all the, the, the views we got and the listens we got on your, um, the lessons you did with Rabbi Shays. People are desperate for this. They're thirsty for it and we have to we have to open up and meet people where they're at and accept them and show them that hey this is this is somewhere you can be and you can belong and and we it's not that we're going to make it work for you but you can make it work for you in a way that's accepting if that if that makes sense
0: when you say this meaning this search this the search for God or whatever that is.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think, like, don't get me wrong. I think there's a very important aspect to religion, right? To the rituals that come with it. As you speak about Shabbos or uh, uh whatever it may, there's there's a huge importance to this. I think uh, Joe Rogan calls it like a scaffolding for like, it just, it's, it's a framework for people to live their lives. And I think there's a huge importance to this and we need to make that. More accepting for people and and show people that it's not this traumatic thing that it's been made out to be, and that that the churches and the synagogues have and the temples have made it out to be
0: yeah one of the um one of the places a lot of my ideas came from around religion and seeing the way humans distort it is from twelve steps right because as I got into twelve steps, so I saw both the beauty and some of the things that i didn't agree with um in there and what i saw it was a lot easier to do because the 12 steps is only 100 years old right so there's only so many stories you can layer on something that's 100 years right. old we don't have thousands of years and a bunch of different opinions and factions which hate each other even though they believe the same thing like we didn't get to that yet it's right. just 100 years old of people trying to recover from addiction a society of sorts and then you see certain things for example on the positive side so they have a principle right um it can't own any the AA or any other of the 12-step groups that came from it won't own anything. They won't put their name on anything, right? And one of their principles, because they have 12 steps, which are very famous, but they also have the 12 principles. And the 12, I think it's 12 principles or 12 traditions. I'm forgetting right now. But they do have both. But I think it's the 12 principles that have like these 12, I'm sorry, 12 traditions that have like, for example, we're fully self-supporting we decline any outside contributions right We're, every group is fully self supporting so there's no outsider which can come in and make a donation and they can get sort of like a certain prestige which happens almost nearly every synagogue right the biggest donor doesn't even right. show up to to doesn't even show up right. <laughs> right but he makes these rules and he has opinions and every once in a while you know right. he has a couple of kids who have a bar mitzvah and for the bar mitzvah he shows up takes over the shul but he's the biggest donor his name is on the building and in 12 Steps, like, no, if you don't come and attend, then don't find your meaning in our group through a donation. Right. We are fully self-supporting, right. one. Another is we don't lend our name to anything, not a name, not a building, not anything. Less problems, I think the, the term they use, less problems of prestige come in. So understanding that when you layer, in this case, a society, or within Judaism or religion, and you layer on top of that these complications with prestige, you're inviting a lot of challenges. And I'm not saying that Judaism has to get rid of that and shouldn't have nice buildings and everything else. It's providing a much different function than is AA, but recognizing why did AA put that in place? What were they seeing that was happening in other societies and other groups and other religions that right. they said, hey, we have to caution against? And very often right, is that money distorts things mm-hmm. within religion, And a lot of what we're being told as of being in the name of God, the God that's being served there is the God of money. Right. And another one, within the 12 steps, you can read the AA book a million times front to back. You will never see anything about a chip system. Okay. What a chip system is, what I've seen in pretty much every meeting across the world, any meeting that I've been in, at the end of the meeting, they'll say, okay, we're going to give out chips to celebrate periods of abstinence from your um, you know, from your addiction, the one year, five years, exactly. six months, these medallions. Right. Okay. These become in many meetings, the thing, right. the thing more important than did you do the 12 steps, right. then are you a decent person? <laughs> right. Right. Have you been yeah. <laughs> right. any of the other stuff that actually says, for example, step 10, you worked a daily inventory. So they're not likely to ask, "Did you work a daily inventory yesterday? Did you make amends to the people you have to make amends to? Did you pray? Did you meditate?" Like it says in step eleven, "Do you have a sponsor? Do you have a sponsor? Or are you doing service?" No. What does your medallion say? Five years? Mine only says four. All right. Or one of the craziest things everyone will understand this in meetings. Everyone will understand what I'm talking about. Who's been to meetings? Where some will say, "I slipped. I may as well get my money's worth." Right? Like what is this idea? It's right. like I anyway have to pick up a chip next week. So why don't I go on a bender? Right. Why do I pick up a chip for two ounces of vodka? Hell no! I'm gonna pick up a chip for a weekend spree where I really go to town. So how 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 do we get these ideas? Is that people get a hold of good Mm -hmm. ideas and distort it and manipulate it for their own garbage? their own things and seeing what was happening in 12 steps like it was really the chip system more than anything which was a man-made not i say the whole thing is man-made but it was a made-up idea not even part of the 12 steps itself that became not as important more important the most the most important you want to know how someone's doing at one point i joked when i saw like the craziness of it i said you know what i'm just gonna walk next door to a meeting for like heroin addicts and say i'm 30 years sober i'll get a chip 30 years. I've never had her in my whole life. Right. Meaning the whole thing is so stupid. Right. It's so stupid. We've, we've twisted it up mm-hmm. and made this supporting tool, which is, hey, you know what would be helpful for guys who are starting out, and maybe even as we're going, is if we use this chip system. And maybe would, you know, give us a little encouragement and enthusiasm, and especially as people are coming on, like in the... They go two years, three years, four years, five years, like that. But at the beginning, they go sometimes a day, a week, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, six months, nine months, a year, right? So, oh, it's all this reinforcement at the beginning that can really reinforce People's recovery, okay, let's come up with this. So great, we put this tool in order to support this thing, right. which is really important. Before you know it, people turn it upside down. The tool becomes more important than right. the thing. The and thing they're is selling in the- custom yeah, right. engraved yeah.
1: chips, and they're gold-plated yeah. chips, exactly. and they're trying to profit. And- yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're Correct. absolutely right. This is
0: it. And then, you know, what's funny too is... <clears throat> and <clears throat> this, my point, and this has happened in religion. Right. So, so much of what we see in religion is the chip system that was misused i meant to be a support for the thing which then became the thing we turned the whole thing upside down and now we're sitting there we want to barf out this chip system and then we think oh god is nuts no it's nothing to do the 12 steps is brilliant it's it's amazing it's a lot to teach us this kind of stuff is people with their dogma with their bs with their other crap that they twisted and in aa they only had a hundred years to do it in Judaism they had thousands of years so now that's how you got some of these bad ideas right. but don't let it separate don't distinguish that from God God right. and that thing that's not feeling it's not feeling right it's probably not God right but I mean it would seem as though we've
1: and I say we I just, society has made it impossible to do that unfortunately because they've become so intertwined right? Like it's God and religion are one and it, the hardest thing to do is to separate them. And you know, it even, what's, what's even worse is um, in certain circles, you, you can be mocked for talking about God. You can be talk, mocked for talking, say you're a Christian, right? And you believe in God you could be mocked for that. Yet the same person will go out and pray to their crystals and pray to their wear their crystals, or do whatever it may be, and 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 search for our own spirituality. Society has has really warped the idea of of what spirituality is, and it's unfortunate to see. And you know, you're talking about um, I was thinking earlier, you're talking about the dogmas. It, it, we're also making the assumption that that what we're pushing and these dogmas, we've got them right. Like you say, there's 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 not much you can do in a hundred years in AA, right? There's a million things that you can get wrong in the span of the original oral tradition, right. To the written Torah or the written King James Bible, right? Like we're assuming that what we're preaching here is actually what they originally meant, that we have the translations, right. That everything's like that. Right. Right. Like how, how far removed are we? So I think, um, it may have been you who said it, but, um, like the world, the word love, they had nine words, originally for the word love. Right, and, it wasn't me, but... And we've broken it down into this one word, right? We, what we took originally had nine words for nine different meanings. We've now condensed into one word and we expect it to mean the same thing, right? So how far how far removed are we from the original laws and the original teachings and the original ideas to this condensed version that we have now,
0: right? And yeah, like yeah. We,
1: we push this as though
0: we know... And I say we, but- So like within Judaism, right, there's certain, just if you took that, meaning even if you wanted to retain, if someone wanted to retain um, the authenticity of it, not the authenticity, but the validity of it and saying, okay, it is. So you'd have to strip away some of these other things like, I don't know, these supporting structures that exist. Or, For example, um, there are communities where... It would be considered not okay for someone who's not a rabbi to grow a beard. It would be offensive. Orthodox communities It would be offensive for someone who's not the rabbi. What are you trying to be the rabbi? And then where I grew up, it would be the worst possible thing to cut a beard. Right? So these are ideas that different people have taught in different ways, and there's different opinions and everything else. Very often these become the thing. Right. right? The thing right. more than anything. Uh, Maybe a better example, the beard example is not great because on those people are going to find supporting structures. Maybe more is like the hat that we wore. So in Russia, when it was minus 50, people wore a fur hat. And then they came here and maybe continued to wear a fur hat for whatever reason, but someone who chooses not to is not not religious. They're just not part of your group in your way. They're not identifying with a certain part of the group. But there is not, I assure you, I assure you that Moses was not wearing a strimal. Right. Right? Moshe in the Bible between Egypt and Israel was not wearing one of these fur hats that can right. keep you warm in minus 50 degree weather. Why? Because he was not in that weather. Right. <laughs> it just, they did not exist. It's not what was happening. But for some people, they will not, they will feel like they're not religious if they're not wearing this thing. God is going to be upset at me if I'm not wearing this fur hat on your head. No, it's not true. It's not true. Right. These are... Simply these are ideas, man-made ideas, and it's great if it represents what is it meant to do? Represent maybe a certain connection to a certain group, a certain lineage of teaching, a certain way of being, and it could represent something if someone stops wearing that, that's no longer connected to it. But that is separate and apart from God. Right. And the connection to even within even within Judaism. You know, something I told someone recently, I said they were so confused with the way they were living and the orthodox teachings they had growing up. And I'm like, just start again. Just start again. Just start again. It's like, but how could I? Maybe uh, maybe I'm going to um, do the wrong thing and I can go to hell. and whatever. Give me all these teachings and everything else. So I said, maybe you should channel Abraham. He's one of our, right, our forefathers. Maybe you can channel him. He didn't wake up knowing what to do. No one told him. Right. He just knew that his father's teachings didn't feel right. So he went on this path of exploration and curiosity. And then there were certain ideas that came to him. And according to Judaism, he's the first known, he's the first monotheist. Right, right? Then he started spreading that. But he didn't come with, if I don't do X, then God is going to burn me if I don't do Y. Right. He came with curiosity, a ton of questions, and then through this process of exploration, right, came to an understanding that eventually became Right. That eventually became something he taught to his children and Mm -hmm. children, children, and eventually Judaism emerged like, okay, you've tried modeling the rabbi of your community. You even maybe went back to Moses, right? Who got the Torah was given a certain way. Go further back, go to Abraham, channel his curiosity, channel his exploration and see what you see, what you find. Like, is that so bad? And God's not going to understand? Right. Of course you can understand. Your teacher, right. your mother, your father all spoke in the name of God and treated you like shit. Of course, you were three years old and you're hearing this thing happening and the person's telling you they're speaking in the name of God. So I'm sorry for being a little bit confused about who this God thing is. I'm going to burn it down and I'm going to start again an authentic exploration. I think God will be okay. Yeah. I think he has... If, if I could handle it, he could handle it. I mean, right. this right This. He right. shouldn't be so... It shouldn't right. be so hard to understand how, if, I should, if I can handle what it means. If I can... If I can be understanding of this idea, then certainly an all-powerful, all-knowing, right. all-compassionate being—all things that Judaism describes God as—could understand why you decided that you just needed to start your exploration anew. Right. And if it's coming from an authentic place and it's coming from a genuine place, then how can you go wrong?
1: Right. Right.
0: And it's—it <laughs> it seems so simple, doesn't it? When you say it like that, it seems so simple. Right. But it isn't. You know why? Because people desecrated God's name right, for their own, personal, right. their own personal things. So, you know, I didn't think of this. It's interesting that you're bringing this perspective to what this podcast is about. I was focused more on the healing and the recovery. And yeah, we spoke a lot about um, Judaism. And when I started this, I didn't know that that's where that's who would interact with the podcast the most like for example when i think of my ted talk i get messages all the time from people still um there's mostly non-jewish people right indian people all the time are messaging right. me but i'm always i don't know how many uh um maybe it's it's gotten around in india maybe there's a lot of porn addicts in india i got no idea but <laughs> all the time and others as well right other groups I i would say predominantly i do not get messages from jewish people around about the ted talks when i started the podcast even though yeah there were some jewish people that i was connecting to as i went to other guests and things like that i didn't know where it would go but that's what i was gravitating towards and that's what the change that was going on in my life right that i started reconnecting more to my own judaism and then messages about that started coming out of me right and i guess a lot of the um audience today is is jewish and we seem to be you know the guests and everything that that uh where we're bringing on the show all seem to be going that direction. So it's nice to hear it from an insider outsider of what you see the podcast is doing is giving God a good name. Kind well,
1: of. It sure seems that way. You know, it sure, it sure seems that way. Um, it, we're, we're, we're probably close to 50 episodes in since I started. And that is like one of the biggest things themes I see come back is let's let's give God a good name again
0: good I hope we're doing a good job
1: or at least we'll keep trying
0: I hope if there is a god he's proud of work we're doing <laughs> I think he would be very much so and I very should say so. if i'm a, that's a that's a western programming I think that at this point it's a a belief that I can hold proudly and whatever that is I don't know but if we just turned it into something that's more than meets the eye and there's something much more than meets the eye here and a creator and a guide and um you know something behind the curtain right kind of who who knows all who sees all who yeah yeah this kind of when we look back and see the perfect placement of things it's hard to see in the moment but when we look in hindsight sometimes we have to start the story back a little further we start seeing that it's like oh wow and when we're not there with a little more healing, then it starts making sense. And it's like, Oh, I get it now. Right. I get it now. So yeah, there's a kind of a perfect, um, there's a, a creator working with precise, exact, there's exact precision behind whatever's happening here. And that, that's definitely a belief I hold, um, loudly and proudly today. So I should, I don't have to say that, that if there is, yeah. Right. Right. There is. Right. And
1: <clears throat> all you have to do is look for it. Right. Like that's like, it's so funny. I was, um, I've never been a particularly religious person, but I've always been a spiritual person. And uh, when I was thinking of of moving on from my previous job, the day I decided I was going to leave was the day I got a text from Harry saying you were looking. Right, like, oh, like, I mean, hours after I decided I was going to to move on to something new, and like, it's little things like that. All you have to stop and do is, is just look. And of course, of course, there's something operating with. Exact precision, right?
0: Like, if obviously. Right. That's often what I'll tell people when they're struggling with it. But how could you say, could say, chill out? Just you're going with an absolute no that there isn't. So let's switch that to a maybe. Right. Okay. And then from the maybe, start saying, what are the chances that? And just look at your day. Right. Look at your day unfold, look at your relationships. You speak to someone and say, How did this guy end up in my life? How did this woman end up in my life? Right. And then all those dots behind it. And it's like, wow, that's nuts. Because this right. person is so important to me in my life. And the steps it took for that to happen are too like there's right. too many small right. details. On my side, Harry had mentioned it a bunch of times that oh, my son works my son in law works for this. Um, podcast, but I didn't see myself as having a podcast. I was doing this audio thing, right. you know, with Ryan, where we'd get together every couple of weeks and I'd record. Uh, but then once we went to the video, and Ryan was pushing me, like, "Hey, we can do this much bigger. We can do this much better. Let's do it professionally." You know, the recordings are nice, but you know, video is is um, is what captures most people today. Seeing is believing. Let's let's do it. Let's do it right. And then I said, okay, like if we wanted to go in that direction, I felt like it needed a little bit more support. But in our first conversation, I was like, okay, so maybe you'll do this a little bit on the side and then, you know, we'll find some other things for you to do. And very quickly it became much more than that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if you want to, if you want to do it, if you want to do it the right way, it it can be. Um, But it's, uh, thankfully it's enjoyable, right? So it's not, it's not anything to complain about. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a few different aspects to it. But, um, you know, it's every day the messages come rolling in and the comments and, you know, the views and the likes. And it's easy to get caught up in that and try to um, let your ego take over, right? But there is a certain power to it, right? Like you're seeing this this reach that you're getting. and And like, you know, it's unfortunate that it, like, I think you say this a lot. People say they watch the podcast. You say, oh, well, which podcast did you watch? I don't know. I just saw the clip. Right. Right. Which, sure, it's a little unfortunate that that's the way that we consume content now. But at the same time, you know, it, I, it's it's much nicer when you can take a 30-second clip and have it be seen by, you know, whatever, 30,000 people.
0: Insurgent More Podcast has a sponsor. Officially, com is the place for anyone in the Jewish community whether you're from not from religious not religious all that's cool to find a therapist psychiatrist coach nutritionist anyone in the wellness space so this ad is both for those people looking for any of the above find the right one you can go on their website scroll through their choices if you don't find someone they have a concierge service reach out to them describe the issue and they will help you i've recommended many people their platform and have only heard Good things. If you're a wellness professional, I also recommend joining the directory. They will get you business if you're good at what you do. Okay, Clarity also has an amazing WhatsApp status. Check them out there. We'll post a link, our website, WhatsApp, in our emails, and wherever you're watching this, in the show notes. Check them out and let them know the In Search More podcast sent you. And, and hopefully impact, even if you impact
1: one percentage of those people, right? Like you've done something. More so than, you know, 100 people who watch a full episode. And-
0: right. For me, it's it's not necessarily the way I measure impact, um, the numbers, because what does that mean, you know, views or anything else? I mean, for you, as you please But if I get a message from someone that says, um, hey, I was watching your conversation, and I've never told this to anyone, but, right. and they share something, I'm like, wow. You know, because right. I understand the danger of secrets and how toxic they are. And how they destroy one secret in a family can destroy generations. One secret, having to be held up, can destroy, you don't, like the toxicity that secrets have can decimate someone. And just thinking different examples of people reaching out to me. I never said this to anyone, but I have this addiction or I was cheating on my spouse and I never told anyone about it. And something about the way you uh, spoke made me feel comfortable reaching out or I think I am, you know, everyone thinks I'm religious, but I'm not. And I have this whole, you know, Hidden life, or whatever it is, you know, when I was a child, I, I, I touched my uh, sibling or my cousin or something, and I'm dealing with this crazy shame from it. And just like being able to be that place to me is like, wow, we're doing something. If somehow by us having discussions and putting it out there gives people the comfort and safety to share these secrets they've been holding on to. And I say share, it's not share to. What's that saying? Sunlight is said to be the best of disinfectants, right? To give this toxicity some sunlight. Like that to me is like, okay, we're doing something. That's one. And then the other is that there are certain relationships that have come through the podcast, right? And things that have come as a result of this that are like in my everyday life now, I'm like, Hey, this is awesome. Right. As a result of, uh, of this podcast, including this one. Right. So meaning including our relationship, right? But there are many that it's like, hey, here's a person who is able to be touched in a certain way. So I guess, you know, in your case, the um what the podcast does when someone consumes it will be shown on you more than anyone else because you watch every episode three or four times. So the world is watching you to kind of see how these ideas help change someone. <laughs> Pressures on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to say the <laughs> least. Um but it's exciting, man. You know, it's uh uh what do they say diamonds are formed under pressure right so it's uh it's it's a beautiful beautiful burden isn't the right word but it's a it's a beautiful pressure to have or a beautiful a responsibility burden, a responsibility yeah. yeah it's a beautiful right. responsibility man
0: yeah i guess in a lot of ways you are the caretaker of this uh in search of more podcasts and <clears throat> you know in terms of the clips right so i can do an hour conversation but the way the clips are cut up is more than right you put a little here a little there you, right. you know right. can change the whole flavor of what someone gets podcast right. so in many ways you're saying more than than i'm saying with it i'm the words but you're the cuts so and now you're the words as well so thank you for coming from uh, behind the camera appreciate i appreciate you having me Ellie. it's a, it's an honor man.
1: i'm sure we'll do more of this i look forward to it